Imagine with me that you're coming home from school or work and you check the mailbox on your way inside. You grab a bundle of mail and you toss it on the kitchen counter to sort through. And then you see it. And between the bills and the magazine subscriptions and the promotional catalogs and all the other boring mail, a nice thick envelope addressed to you. You, um, you open it up and you pull out a beautiful card and it has your name on it. You read further and it says, you're invited. An invitation is a request to be present or participate. And it doesn't have to be a fancy card either for you to feel the warmth of an extended invitation. It could be when someone you really like asks you on a date, be it somebody you just met or a relationship of 20 years. It could be when your best friend invites you for a sleepover or a play date. In general, unless we're just particularly antisocial, we like to be invited to things. It feels good to get an invitation. Today, we're here for lessons and carols, and in a few minutes, Susie's going to come up and share the Christmas story with us. It may be familiar to you. It may not. But this year, I encourage you to focus your awareness to pay attention to all of the invitations in the story. The original Christmas story had so many invitations, and even today, Christmas remains one big invitation as well. To find more about what Jesus said about invitations, let's turn to our scripture. Our passage today is the parable of the great banquet, and it comes from Luke chapter 14. A man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, what a privilege it would be to have a share in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied with this illustration. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When all was ready, he sent his servant around to notify the guests that it was time for them to come. But they all began making excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was angry and said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, there is still room for more. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you can find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of what I had prepared for them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, this parable is most often interpreted to be about how God's salvation is not only for the Jews, but for the Gentiles as well. And it is this. But I also encourage you to look at the invitation not only as a one-time decision you may have made in the past, but rather consider all of the small and numerous ways God gives you invitations every day. God is constantly inviting us into relationship, into new opportunities, into wholeness and goodness. And there are so many opportunities to say yes to these invitations. But why did Jesus use the illustration of an invitation to begin with? What can this scripture teach us about God and about God's kingdom and about the ways that God engages with us? Well, there are three things I want to point out about invitations that can help us answer these questions. <coughs> First of all, we aren't usually invited to do something like a chore. You're not gonna get a paperless post to file your taxes or a handwritten card asking you to clean your room unless you just parent very differently than I do in my house. 
When we get invitations, they're to something celebratory and exciting, a wedding, a baby shower, a birthday party, a Christmas gathering, a celebration of some sorts. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a banquet. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When all was ready, he sent his servant around to notify the guests that it was time for them to come. Now, I have to pause here because this is just one parable of many that Jesus used to explain what it's like to be a part of God's kingdom. We find metaphors in the Bible for God's kingdom that aren't all fun and games. Lost sheep that must be looked for, gardens that require tending and patience. Just because you say yes to the invitation doesn't mean you're escaping reality for some big cosmic party. But often in the Bible, Jesus does refer to the kingdom of heaven as a feast, a banquet, a wedding, something people would associate with delicious food and drinks and celebration and rest. At its core, the kingdom of heaven is deeply good, and we are invited into it. Second, when we're invited to something, we have to decide if we're going to attend. In the Bible verses we read, people have all kinds of reasons for not attending the banquet. Ultimately, they have to choose if they want to attend, and so do we. When I was typing this up, my autocorrect kept changing the word invitation to invasion. Um, I found that particularly ironic because that's exactly what this is not. It's not an invasion. The kingdom of heaven is not a hostile takeover that forces obedience and participation. We do nothing to earn or deserve the invitation, but we do get to decide how we RSVP. We spent a lot of time this past fall studying the practice of simplicity, how to align our time and our energy and our resources with God's kingdom. And one of my own biggest takeaways from the study was this question. Will I choose to say no to something good in order to say yes to something even better? That's what this parable is getting at. We have to decide how we respond to all of the competing opportunities we are invited to. And it will mean saying no to good things, work, property, relationships, in order to say yes to what truly matters. Around Thanksgiving, my nine-year-old and I were trying to plan a day where we could bake a bunch of different recipes. We love to cook together, and she specifically asked this year if we could do this together, if we could cook all the Thanksgiving things together. Um, side note, our family spends Thanksgiving like the whole week running around to see different family members. We have multiple gatherings and just getting this on the calendar seemed harder than it should have been. Um, but we had the date on the calendar and then we were invited to one of our cousin's birthday parties. I was feeling really torn and guilty about what to do. I was feeling kind of obligated and how do we decide? And my daughter, who is much better with boundaries and priorities than I am, told me this. I'm pretty sure RSVP is asking a question and we're allowed to say yes or no. <laughs> like from the mouths of babes, there's the wisdom. Um, she was so right. So we stayed home and she made us paper chef hats and we spent the afternoon baking together. Our homemade pumpkin pie was particularly delicious. Um, but of course the best part was just being together. But we had to say no to something good in order to say yes to the something that mattered more to us. And so it is with the kingdom of God. It's the kind of invitation that trivializes anything else we might put on the calendar. Third, we are invited to something because the host wants to spend time with us. The very invitation implies that we are important. We are loved. 
We get invited because someone wants us to witness their wedding or share in their excitement over a new baby. Or maybe it's a friend from school who wants you to come over and play Barbies or Legos. Someone enjoys your company and wants to be with you. They plan something fun for you, whether it's a special snack after school or a five-course dinner. The truly surprising part of the parable is who ends up getting invited to the banquet. When the servant comes back and tells the host the original guest can't come, the host tells the servant to go into the streets, alleys, and country lanes to invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame, to urge anyone they can find to come so that the house will be full. It's not just the wealthy or the successful or the people who fit the status quo who get invited. It's those on the margins, those society discounts, those who never receive invitations to fancy parties, those who aren't even likable by anybody else. I mean, what does this say about who the host thinks is important? What does this say about who the host wants to spend time with? It sounds to me like the host will literally welcome anyone, regardless of who they are. And thank God this is true, because if that's the case, then I get to come to the party, and so do you. So to recap, invitations are to something good. We have to decide how we'll RSVP. And the very fact that we're invited in the first place is a declaration that we are loved and wanted. The Christmas story is full of invitations. Pay attention as we go through these familiar scriptures. Who is God inviting into the story? How did the people respond? Why are they being invited in the first place? Who accepts the invitations and who doesn't? And most importantly, what is it that God is inviting people to? <laughs>